Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's podcast episode. Today is going to be a bit of a chilled episode. I mean, this is the Christmas break. We're all tired. We're all eating too much chocolate and we just want to chill. So what we're going to do is we are going to be sharing how this year has been going for us, for Mark and I. So we are going to be opening up on some new stuff that we started doing this year on our sites. We're going to talk specifically about quite a bit about AI content, for example. But we're also going to be sharing some numbers, some stats, etc., on the growth of the site, of the growth of the sites that we're working on and things that are happening with our projects, etc. And you are going to be able to go a little bit behind the curtain and understand what we're doing every day when we're running authority sites and how we plan on growing things next year. So I hope you're excited. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you're listening now, you are in your Christmas break, you are just chilling, and this is going to be a chilling episode. We're not going to have some groundbreaking new tactic that we're going to uncover, but if you are curious on how the sites that we are working on every day are doing, if you're curious about our business, if you're curious about all these things, this is the episode where you tune in because we actually open up a bit more than we usually do in this episode. And I'm pretty sure Mark is going to open up a little bit more as well when I'm going to ask him how it's going. I've been waiting for a year to ask you this. Uh, yes. So first of all, thanks for asking. It's going good. I've been doing my Christmas shopping, buying Christmas presents. How has your view on Christmas presents differed this year from last year? Did you talk to Paulina? No. Okay, it's funny because um, actually, like the truth is, we're staying at home this year. We're just like not really traveling or anything. Like Paulina, my fiance, for like ten years now, something. But like that's another debate. <laughs> was like, oh, like we never do like all the Christmassy stuff, etc. And it's like it's kind of sucks that we're not going to families and all doing this, etc. So I'm like, fine, let's bring the Christmas presents back. So I know what I want to buy her, but she does, like, I usually just buy whatever I need. So it's like, I don't really need anything. And she's been hating the idea of buying Christmas presents ever since we actually brought it back. Therefore, I think I've made a, a good point with her. And uh, my point on Christmas presents that it's kind of annoying in general is now shared in my household, which is kind of like a good thing that came out of this. So my view has not changed that much. I'm not really a huge fan of Christmas presents. I don't like the idea of like the obligation that you have of like, you know, buying people that you know presents in general and this kind of reciprocity game where it's like now next time you see them you need to buy them a gift and they buy you a gift and etc. It's just I find it annoying. So, <laughs> so no, my view has not changed that much, but I am going to do Christmas presents this year because my fiance wanted some more Christmassy Christmas. If you want to know everything. Wow. <laughs> you Thanks didn't expect that. See, I'm, I'm way better. I'm be way better <laughs> at these things than you are. So please put some, uh, put do a little bit of an effort here. That would be nice. <laughs> so I think this talks a lot about our own personalities. So how my wife and I do it is we have we each have our own Google Doc, and we put in <laughs> a bunch of stuff that we might potentially like for future holidays, anniversaries, Christmas, things like that. And you still get, you don't always get something off that list. Quite often you do. It's still going to be a surprise because you don't know what you're going to get off that list. Nah, I said we don't do easier. that. Fine, I wanted to do that. I said, no. I said, you want Christmas presents, you'll get Christmas presents. And so, 
<laughs> so, no, she has to come up with something. I already ordered her gift. I'm good. I'm not stressing. Was it a but, lump uh, of coal? The, how did you guess? <laughs> no, so see. Anyway, I do. I don't think. I mean, last time we did a podcast on this, the most commented topic was not anything about business. It was the Christmas present debate. So I suggest if you haven't checked that episode, to check last year's episode. Where I share my and if you're watching on YouTube and you think Gail needs more Christmas spirit, leave a comment, please. I mean, I mean it's gonna come eventually. But a lot of people agreed with me last year. Like you, got, you can't deny that a lot of people agreed. Anyway. People didn't come here for the debate on Christmas presents. It's like, it, I know it's Christmas. I know it's kind of like chilled and stuff, but like not that chill. So we are going to go first in the first part of this episode. We're going to go over a few things on how we've changed the way we build and run websites this year. And we're going to go a little bit more into details and go into like specific projects, specific, you know, growths and numbers and things like that. And so uh, I think... Uh, I'll let you get started. Okay, so there's a few things which have, have kind of changed slightly. I, I would say this year compared to previous years, I feel like fewer things have changed in online marketing, like every SEO, year. and authority sites. The more you do it, the more you get, the more it seems the same. I'm not sure if that's just because we've been doing this, what, 12 years now? Or whether it's like just because Google's getting more samey with some of the search intent stuff. I suspect a bit of both. But I really feel like it's becoming more a game of execution rather than a game of trying to find that new tactic that no one else knows about. I think most of the good information about how to how things work, how sites work, how to grow a site, it's out there already. Uh, you can find it for free on blogs, on YouTube, or wherever. Um, I find I can't believe you said that. We're selling, we're selling courses and you said you can find it for free. No, I'm just joking. Like, you mean, can find some of it for free. The, yeah. the, like Honestly, the fact is that the vast majority of people listening to this won't buy our course, will never buy our courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. The people who do are somewhat subsidizing the show and and that that's how we were able to do this, this free content. But if you want to find the information, you can. I think putting all together in a putting a putting the site a site together and a growth plan and executing on that well is what now separates the the successful sites from the less successful sites. Whereas you go back several years and the the good sites were just doing a bunch of stuff that the others uh, plain up uh, weren't, and so I feel like that's that's been quite a quite a big change. I've seen a lot of people who I would say are, are not that great at, at building sites, but they're just very good at executing things and they've had tremendous growth. Yeah, I think the profile of successful SEO people has changed. Like people that were more creative and hacky used to do better. And it's like some people who'd be like good at execution, but not really good at coming up with anything new would do average. Like you, they wouldn't get the profit margins at least that the people that were more creative were. Whereas now, because of the rise of search intent, the profile of people who get successful is changing quite a bit. There's still opportunities. We're not saying there's no opportunities. We are growing new sites right now, and they're growing fast. But it's it's quite different. It's quite grindy now, I would say. Yeah, I think the uh, the Gail and I used, both used to play a lot of MMO games, and they are inherently very, very grindy. And I think some of the... I'm noticing some of the traits that you had to kind of have to get through those, some of those hell levels or whatever are persistent in our business as well these days. So it's it's quite interesting from that perspective. The other thing though I wanted to, to talk about, which has been more of a dramatic change this year, and I think not that many people saw coming, has been AI content. We talked about this a little bit last week in the SEO predictions, but it has been, I would say, a pretty big deal this year. 
Now we've released some content on on AI on AI content before, and there's there's sort of two camps of people: people who are kind of intrigued and oh, this looks interesting, and then people who are quite dismissive of it. And I find of the people who are quite dismissive of it, they tend to have maybe unrealistic expectations about what it can do. So you obviously can't just put in a keyword into Jarvis or any of these other tools and and get out a perfectly written 2,000-word article that will compete with the best writer. It's it's not there yet. It's I don't know if we'll ever be there. It's, it's a long way away at least. But as a writing assistant, it really has changed the game quite significantly. And I'm not talking just about e-commerce sites that need to write product descriptions or something, but actual high-quality writers who are using Jarvis and other tools to assist them in writing some parts of some articles and just really speed speed up the process. I know you spent quite a lot of time looking into the boss mode they have and some of the I've more done like, it. I've actually yeah. had, like, you know, I was writing an article, but like, you know, it's quite often, for example, like I like to like, I plan my articles, so I have like a big dining list with like all the bullet points and everything I want to talk about. And often what I do is like, I start the sentence and I know what I wanted to say, but like I start a sentence to stir it. So it's like, I'd be like, let's say I'm like writing a review. I think I did it for like general press review or something like I, and it's like, um, so I was like, oh, it's really fast, etc. But the downside is that it's quite difficult to use. And, and then I would just press compose and I would kind of like expand on that thought, you know? So it's like, you know, you know how I would like, I would feed it the facts and then maybe I would be like quite concise at the beginning of my paragraph or sentence and I would let it expand on that and it actually did a good job at like finding the other generate press reviews and kind of like taking what they said about that subtopic and writing something fresh about it that matches the thought I just expressed in the beginning of my sentence for example so in that case it allows you to put your article together quite a bit faster and it's like you know how like Writing is not just about making a point for every single word you're writing. You kind of like express a thought and then expand on it a little bit and detail it, add more details. And it does a good job at the second part of expanding on it. As long as you feed it for that section, that stuff. So I really, I am writing when I use Jarvis. Like it is a, still a writing job, but I let it complete my stuff and kind of like finish the paragraphs, whatever, before I jump onto the next one. Then I put my H2, I start writing a sentence and then I just get, get it going that way. That way. And, and it's quite good. Yeah, I, I, I think when used correctly and still doing the same amount of research that you would do when you're doing what, like a normal writer's uh, researching for a normal article, then you kind of get this, it's not like you have AI content or human content. It's like more and more going to be just like a mix of the two. So that's why when when people are saying, you know, is Google going to have to do something about AI content? I mean, I don't think it can because it's going to be so I don't think Google cares. Like Google doesn't care who writes the content. They just want the content to search just to serve the search intent. You know, it's like whoever made the content, it's, Google doesn't give that much of a shit, to be honest, I think. It's like, I think they would rather AI content overseen by a doctor than a non-qualified writer writing an article, a medical article. And so in that case, it's not about the AI writer. It's rather about like the, the editorial process and how the information and the facts are reviewed and, and all of that. So that's why search intent is here. And I don't think Google's ever going to do anything against AI content. I think they will make their own AI content for feature snippets and stuff, to be honest. Yeah. And you know, we we really believe a lot in this. That's that's why we've hired two writers this year, two full time writers to do content AI. Let's call it AI content. It's it's 
AI assisted content is probably a better way of, of phrasing it. And you know, we're, we've we've learned a lot along the way. Still experimenting with with a few things, but it's uh, it's showing pretty promising results, both in terms of quantity, but also quality as well. You, you definitely need that human element, that human control, and, and most importantly, the research to make make it good. But yeah, it's it's quite exciting how how far this can go. I was going to say as well, like when we say that, I can tell what's going on to people's head. They imagine that we have like a writer that gives us like 25 articles per day and we're like publishing like crazy on the sites, etc. I'll just tell you, most of these writers give you two to three, give us two to three articles a day. Like, and sometimes just one way it's a big one or something, you know? So uh, usually it's like, it's not like it's quadrupled their productivity or something. I would say it increased their productivity by like, 30 to 50%, you know, something like this. Like um, Very so dependent on the, the keyword, stru- the article yeah. structure and stuff as, as well. But yeah, I think that's that's fair. So it's like something like that. So it's it's better, but it's not like, oh, all of a sudden a human can produce like an entire, like you, you're not going to make a, a huge site with just like a single writer so quickly, etc. But I know that if I had to create a new site and I was not allowed to outsource anything, I would 100% be on Jarvis for pretty much all the content that we would produce. Um, so I, I understand like, the argument of like, oh, it's just a spinner. Kind of, but not completely. Like it, it, it does take information, etc. But like the, the what I like about it is the mastery of English of AI writers is really good. It's better than most writers. Like the, the way it writes is, is correct. It's simple. It's easy to read. It's what we want for web content. It does a better job than most human writers, but it does a terrible job at researching and spitting out correct facts. And facts, so that's why yeah. you need you need human oversight, heavy human oversight. And you can't just go into your AI content editor with just a keyword and like, okay, let's just make an article because you are going to write falsehoods. You need to come in with your facts to write an AI content. I expect that I'm going to make an AI writing blueprint for AH Pro next year. That is very, very likely the next blueprint I'm going to do, actually. Like, I have, like, uh, I'm pretty much done with the on-page blueprint. We'll talk about this. I think I'll have, like, one or two more videos, but pretty much done with this. And I think the next one is going to be AI writing and, like, training writers for AI content, that kind of stuff, because I know that's going to add a lot of value to our pro members. And uh, I want to just spend another two weeks of refining some stuff. And then after that, I'm, I think I'm ready for that blueprint. But I'm excited for it. And I think it's going to, next year is going to, a lot more people will get into that. And if you use it correctly, the content is not worse. It's just that you need to understand that you can't, 10, you can't expect 10x output if you want the content not to be worse. It's just like you, it gives somewhere, you know, it's like it's not just magic where you get 10 times more content and the same quality without any extra input. But it's the future. Like people who ignore it will be left behind in two or three years, I would say. Yeah, it's interesting to see how quickly it w- it's going to develop over the next couple of years as as well. I'm not sure if it's going to be this like you know quick ramp up or if it's going to just stay as it is and then be a big leap forward. But it's not so. It's going to be big leaps forward because the way it works is like it's all relying on GPT three except phrase the IO which has its own language processing thing. But GPT the GPT model is only updated every X years, like three, four, five years, something like that. It's not that frequent. It's quite likely we're going to wait another like two years for it to be updated uh, and have a much larger database so that it significantly improves the output. So it's quite possible we are stuck with the current version or something close to the current version of AI unless 
tools like Jarvis, etc., make supplemental algorithms that like plug on top of it and modify the output. Quite likely, we are on this level for like another year or two at least, and then you get like a new version. And it's going to be like 10x the amount of data it has in there, plus like a better language processing model, etc. To the point where, at that point, I definitely think like every single time it will write in a better style than most human writers. It's just that I hope they get better with facts. I think that's that's the weak point of AI right now. Yeah, just so to sort of move on to the next next point. We've talked about paid links quite a bit this year on, on the show. It's no secret that we've we've done it on some of our sites this year. And I think in terms of the link building industry, just more and more and more sites, even some not like super top end sites, but like some pretty well established sites like sell links these days as just a, another way of of making money. And yeah, I've just been amazed at the the amount of really high quality opportunities that have for link building that have been out there in, with regards to paid links since we st- like opened our our mind to it uh, a, a little more this this year. I can only see it sort of increasing, but as I said last week, I'm just a little bit fearful that there's this you know SEOs automate and make everything efficient and they'll make a marketplace for it or something and it's just going to like <laughs> yeah Google's going to do something at, at some point I've seen this pattern um play out yeah many times I know but it's it's one of these uh to me it feels a lot like the stock market when people are like oh the market is overvalued so I'm not going to put any money in it and it's like they don't invest for 10 years and the market went up massively before it crashes I think it's quite similar in that case where it's like Yes, something's going to happen one day. It's not just going to keep going up forever, the the paid links and be easy and everything. Someday Google's going to do something about it, or someday it's going to work a lot less good. But you, the amount of missed if, opportunities... If, if you keep saying negative things, at some point in time, you'll be right. Yeah, exactly. It's like it doesn't mean that... I, like If you don't do this, you, you are probably leaving more opportunities than you tend to lose the day things go down. And that's kind of my approach to that. It's like I'm not oblivious on the fact like, oh, this is the solution to everything. And we'll talk about some st- sites with links on and, and their growths and stuff. And it's good. It's like, I mean, looking at it now, we've been doing it for like several months, etc. You can't deny that the growth of our sites has been significantly faster since we've opened that up. Yeah, absolutely. And that uh, it's probably the biggest impact on SEO we've had in a long time in terms of growth to open that up. And so like... I wish it wasn't the case, to be honest. Like personally, I wish that good content would still prevail. The thing that killed it as well is search intent, right? Google promoting search intent so much means that excellent content that but that goes off like a little bit off what is usually done about a given topic, even if it earns a ton of links, will never rank. <laughs> so and so like, well, now the differentiating factor is getting a bunch of links to the same same content, you know? So it's like, I kind of blame Google for that, but personally, I prefer the old model where you could create something quite original, promote that, and then earn links to this, and you, the sheer amount of links you would get to your page would just outpace whatever other stuff people would do. Google decided not to go that way. We're playing the, like, they're sending us traffic in the end, we play their game, you know? So that's the way it is, but you can deny that it's been very, very, very good in terms of progress and you know, you see the HRS graph of some of our sites, like without paid links, it's like rising very slowly. And we open paid links, it's like, poof, and then the, the growth goes really, really fast. And it's not even like we spend that much on links. Like it's like um, the budget for like a small site is still like less than a K a month, something of not counting the link builder salary, just counting the payments for the links. So it's not 
we had link builders even before we paid for links. We paid their salaries anyway. Yeah, so the yeah. increase in salary is like not that much higher. The increase in cost, sorry, is not that much higher than when you have, from the moment you have full-time staff, that is your main expense for link building, much more than the fees usually. So yeah, paid links is a thing. And I, I, I would say people should rec- like consider doing this if they want to be competitive in many niches these days. And the final thing I wanted to to talk about in this section before we get into talking about our sites are, okay, it's not really Core Web Vitals, but the Core Web Vitals update had, I, I guess, like kickstarted this or, or, yeah. or had us think yeah, more introspectively about how we're building our sites and using Elementor and page builders in general. Page builders in general. There's a, there's a, and this is not just to tick the Core Web Vitals box, but it's actually, how usable is it? How fast is it for the user? And what's kind of like stopping us from growing our sites and, and implementing certain things on it? So we've we've really been moving a lot more towards building sites on GeneratePress this year. And, and I think that's what has changed too, by the way, is the new version of GeneratePress that allows you to edit your header, your footer, etc. A little bit like you would do with a page builder. Like this coming out together with Core Web Vitals, with all of that, it created the perfect storm for us to make that transition. We've done this kind of transition several times before, you know, like from one page builder to the other, to other systems, etc. And as Gutenberg is maturing and these kind of systems are coming together, coming closer and closer to stock, WordPress just gives you a faster site, but also reduces bugs, reduces issues, like uh, the, the less moving parts there is into something, the better it works in general. And so like, it's quite nice now, it's just managed by your theme. And then generate blocks, which is kind of our replacement for a page builder, is like four elements, right? It's just four HTML blocks. It's like, you know, a container, columns, buttons, and headlines, I think. And that's that's all there is. And then you can style them in so many ways that you can build pretty much anything. And it's really good. Like it's, I think they understood this like less moving parts thing. And now I know what people are going to say, but you're teaching this in the authority system, how to build with Elementor, etc. Well, let's announce it right now. There is actually an update coming to the authority side system coming like literally in a couple of weeks, weeks in January. Yeah. yeah. Start of January. Well, I redid the entire site building track in the authority side system all on GeneratePress on that setup we're talking about. So you guys are getting a huge 2022 update with some other stuff. I'm not going to necessarily give away everything. Maybe I will, we'll see. But like one of the big updates is that we have a full track. The Elementor track still exists because it's still easier for beginners, but you get to choose at some point. I made a video, it's like, pick your track. Do you want the fastest site with the better setup or do you want the easier site to build? pick your track, and then just follow along as I build the exact same site on either of the systems. So that is coming, and all our students will have a full access to that setup and full training for that setup in just a few weeks. Uh, and we have a discount on general price too for the students, so they also get to, to save some money. So yeah, we've kicked out page builders as well, and overall we're building simpler sites. And actually, the full generate press version of the Authority Hacker site, which is our last site on Elementor now, is coming out uh, in a couple of weeks as well. Depending on when we're done, we're kind of working on this right now, so uh, I'm not going to give a date. Coming soon, TM, for people who know what that means. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and as, uh, and you will see that the site is like way more designed than maybe some of the examples in tests, but it shows you what's possible with that new setup, and I think it's pretty cool, actually. I, I'm pretty happy with it so far. Yeah, it's not like a dramatic overhaul. Like we're the not design, trying to yeah. look look broadly similar. There are a few new elements and, and stuff, but uh, it won't look 
all that different from from the current branding. Just I'd say we've professionalized it a bit more and like organized things. The branding's more consistent across the site as well. Yeah, and it's all built without page builder, which I think is interesting to people to see that you can build these kind of sites without using a page builder anymore, using that setup that we're talking about and just spending a bit of time on that. Anyway, I think that is all for kind of like the big changes in 2021. Now we're going to go into the details. We're going to talk about the stuff we're working on, projects, sites, etc. So for people who don't know, we don't just run authorityhacker.com. We also run uh, several uh, authority sites, affiliate sites that match the business model that we're teaching in our trainings. And it's a way for us to make money. It's a way for us to stay sharp. It's a way for us to show examples of what we're doing and, and what you know why it makes sense to run that kind of business. And the first one I want to talk about is the golf site that we actually sold. So actually, it's funny because I was watching our diversion of this podcast last year and we, we called it a sports site. So now we kind of like, okay, it was a golf site, guys. <laughs> we have a, a, a full podcast episode on that sale, but basically we were training a new SEO person. We had this site that used to be the case study site for the authority site system first version. Uh, it was laying around, it was making about $200 a month. So, it, you know, it was a little bit old. It was like three years old or something, three, four years old. Making $200 a month, we never really pushed it because a lot of people copied that site at the time. And as we do usually with case studies, which is why we tend to not necessarily share this openly. But it was a great opportunity to train that person because people were not paying attention too much to that site. And we took it from $200 to a little bit under 4K in like one year and one year and a couple months, basically. Great. I mean, that person did great. It was good training for that. We sold that site for six figures this summer. It was a great case study for the authority site system as well, like from people seeing me register that domain on camera to selling it for six figures and showing that it's still possible in 2021. It is, as you can see. The site's still doing well right now. It's doing better, actually, than when we sold it. So congratulations to the buyers. They've done a good job. If anything, I think we maybe sold it a little bit too early on that. It's kind of hard to tell, like, right? It's uh, like it's always hard to tell. Like, where's the peak yeah. of the growth? And when you hit the plateau, it's always how it works. So right? you get this huge growth, and you get a plateau. And when you plateau, people tend to buy it for less. So it's kind of a good idea to sell it when it's growing fast. But maybe we timed it a little too early here. Yeah, I agree. I think our goal was just to say we sold a case study site from the authority system for six figures, to be honest. It's like as soon as we hit that goal, we're like, well, okay, we hit that goal. Let's put the resources on, on some other project. But I agree seeing the growth. I mean, it ranks for literally the biggest review keywords of the niche right now. Like uh, most of the big keywords you find in that niche, it is probably top three, top five. Uh, that side, so uh, we've done a good job. I think. I think it's a, it was a. You, you, you'll see it on the subs. The guys that bought it from us as well, like they, they they're doing a good job too. Yeah. To it and, yeah, yeah. And I think it was probably some like new ideas that they brought in, like helped it to continue growing some more as well. So yeah. it wasn't just everything. No, no, no. But I think it was a good base. Like I think we have to admit it was a pretty good base, and I'm pretty happy with it. But uh, yeah, so that's the first site we worked on this year up until like August or something, and uh, that's pretty much it. There's another site that we are growing on an expired domain that is starting to rank for some pretty competitive commercial terms. It's not a ton of traffic yet, but it's growing at 20% per month average. So it's pretty fast. We have one of the writers, we hired one of these AI writers. It's like, you know, one of the case study sites where we're like, okay, can we grow a site with like AI monitored content? So far, it's starting to rank pretty similarly to like normal content. So we're pretty happy with that. And it's also one of the sites we've been experimenting with paid links that has gone pretty well as well. And as I said, the site is growing about 20% per month right now. As again, it's not like a huge owner or huge site yet. 
But if the growth maintains, it's looking really quite good next year if we keep going that way, pretty much. And finally, uh, another side I want to talk about is the case studies side for TAS. So historically, we used to not try to grow the TAS case study site. Like we used to, TAS is the authorized system, so it's our beginner's course where we start the site on camera, but everyone gets to see the domain, like as is DR0, as nothing exists on the site. Like very shortly after we build the site, we release the course because people want to see how we build sites right now. So we can't just like delay things by like a year or something. So very shortly after this, I think when people knew about the domain, it was DR2 or something like, you know, pretty fresh. Link building has gone well. Now the site is DR40. It is growing 30% average months on months uh, these days. So it's also, it was pretty slow at the beginning of the year still. Like it took a while to get going on that site, but now it's like it's finally out of the sandbox. You can fill it. We post content. It ranks quickly on page one, etc. for like a bunch of info content, etc. Uh, so the growth is really good. We're really happy with this. We're really excited for this. We also have a full-time writer that we hired very recently for this site that is also experimenting with AI, etc. Overall, I'm very confident this site's going to do well. We have added multiple hubs that most of them have done well. I was going to say, I think next year we'll probably focus a bit more on monetization. Like we haven't really paid too much attention no, to that. No, but um, uh, yes. the fair we, earnings have been growing we, in the last few months quite significantly as well. Again, Yeah, like really nicely actually. We're at that stage now where it's like, you know, it's in the grand scheme of things in our business, it's it's like somewhat of a drop in the ocean, but it's just so exciting to see that like 50% yeah, month yeah. on month growth and revenue and stuff. I find that that in the early days very motivating. Yeah, so it's going well, provided think, things I think keep next going. next year we'll probably do a bit more with uh, with ads when once we hit that uh, magic 30K traffic number. It depends. I think it, it depends because we're push, pushing a lot of like commercial content right now. Like we did some info content, mostly to train a new writer. Um, but we we've refocused him on commercial content and it's a like product based website. Like it talks about a category of product. So there are like hundreds of reviews you can write and comparisons and stuff. Like we could write a thousand pages uh, on that product category really quite easily. So my goal is not really to push ads on this site. It's like, and the revenue it has for the traffic level it has is like much higher than it would have with ads at the same level of traffic right now. So it tells me that we should keep pushing commercial content as long as the stats remain similar per thousand visitors. So yeah, we're pushing commercial content pretty hard. It also, it's one of these things, right? It's like, I understand ads are pretty good and uh, you can do info content, but I like the idea that the site is deemed relevant for commercial information about products. And I want most of our content to remain on that topic because it's way more profitable. And at the same time, it's our niche. Like it's like our relevance in Google's eyes is like, we talk about these products. And so if we wrote too much info, I think it would be diluting that a little Dilute bit. Dilute it a bit, yeah. And we'd be seeing as less of a niche specialist. So it's good to have some info, but I like the idea of like making the commercial aspect. So we can write some info, but I think our writer is going to write 95% commercial content at this point, and it's good enough to do it finally. So I'm excited to be pushing that. And I think it's going to be like a quite fast growing site next year. Now we we have finally get, gotten that like, you know, hockey stick uh, looking growth uh, curve. And as long as we maintain the momentum, it's uh, it's going to look quite good next year. Now let's talk about Atari Hacker. There was some changes to Atari Hacker, but there was also a lot of continuity to what we did. One thing we talked about in this podcast last year was actually 
that we kind of transitioned the blog from being, I mean, I explained how people are consuming online marketing blogs differently. It's quite interesting. Like before, you know, Brian Dean would release a blog post, so it would be like a mini community event and people would talk about this, et cetera, online. And, and there is a little bit of that, but not nearly as much as there was. Like people, like content is commoditized and people find the content they want by Googling stuff as well. And or hang out a lot more on social media. Like Twitter is very active, Facebook groups are very active, all of that. But creating a blog like we did five or six years ago on Atari Hacker doesn't make as much sense these days because the engagement is just not as high. It's not because of our brand. It's like we've noticed that on most other blogs as well. It's not as high. So we have refocused the blog on being more uh, serving search intent as well, writing for topics that people are searching for, but like that are matching our community. So the goal is that they find us on Google, they join our email list, they start listening to this podcast, etc. And eventually like we build that community, maybe interacting on social media, that kind of stuff. And that has paid off. This year has grown pretty steadily, like we've grown about 20% year on year. So in organic traffic. So we're pretty happy with that. It's it's pretty good in such a competitive niche and it's uh, higher than some years where we try to, to do more of this like high engagement content on the site. So we are quite happy with that. We also have created posts around YouTube videos. Like for example, the one you did on, um, you know, the search, the traffic numbers for keyword tools, that was quite popular. Uh, and mostly we're doing this, and I think it's a strategy that some people who do YouTube content should consider. We're doing this so that people don't have to link to the page on YouTube <laughs> when they want to quote your content. They can actually link to a page that has all the graphs and the stats, etc., that you're mentioning on your website. And what we do is we look at people who link to the YouTube video and you can easily outreach to them and be like, hey, I have a more complete page on my website. And it's kind of a way to earn links from creating video content because I feel like YouTube's great and it's a great growth engine and we'll talk a little bit about this in a second. But the problem with this is that you're putting your great content on YouTube.com and then this is what earns links and this is what all, uh, earns all that. And, and it means that you kind of like create content that doesn't help your SEO efforts. So creating these blog posts that uh, recap that and give more information than a YouTube page would gives you an opportunity to uh, claim these links that you would have otherwise not gotten because they're not there. We have a few regular writers that write content for the site and we're probably just gonna keep going in that direction next year. I want to expand a bit. And honestly, yeah, actually you put in the notes if you're interested, Richard, but yeah, we are looking, if you're looking to write about online marketing, if you're looking to be paid to like test tools, for example, like I'm always, uh, I always want like, for example, when we write a review, we want the person that writes the review to like take the tool start a, st a staging site, test it, test, a, try to break it, try to find the bugs, etc. And we pay people to do that. So if you want to do that and you have, and you're ready to deal with my RAS in terms of uh, editing your content, <laughs> then uh, feel free to reach out because we are interested and, and, and we do pay people to do that. We'll have a full, like a, when we do hire, hire for this, we'll have like a more thorough job description and, and stuff. But really, uh, more if thorough. anyone out there is, really? if anyone, if anyone <laughs> out there is like, they've heard this and like, this is for me and they want to work for us full time, then uh, do reach out and, and you know, maybe maybe we can make uh, work. Also, also freelance for that. Like it doesn't have to be full time always. Like we have writers that like write on the side for us because they're like working agencies and things like that. We try to pick people who have like field experience doing this. So it's like they don't always write full time. Podcast and YouTube. It's kind of interesting for the podcast because we actually have less downloads of the podcast this year than we did last year. So last year we were pretty much at 500K, 498K. And this year so far, 
Today is the 14th of December. We are at 390K. But the big difference is that we switched to one podcast every two weeks versus one podcast every week. When did we switch in 2020? Do you remember? So it was, I think it was April, May time. So you're pretty much halfway through the year, right? Uh, a little bit, little bit before. Yeah. So I would say we're doing better this year slightly than uh, last year. Like it's like a slow growth on the podcast as well, given the fact that there's quite a bit less episodes in total. So it didn't really hurt. Uh, and we're happy with that because the podcast every week, we don't always have something interesting to say every week. Every two weeks gives us a bit more time to uh, prepare and do something better, basically. YouTube on its, uh, on the other hand, for the podcast has done a lot better. It's established itself. It's pretty frequent now. Podcast gets like five, six, seven, eight thousand views or something like this. And it's um, it's pretty good compared to where we were a year ago on that platform. So maybe the down the audio is like slightly up, but the, um, the video is like significant, significantly up. And a lot of people are doing that. And I enjoy the premiere chat. So when the podcast airs for the first time, we have a live chat that you can come on Monday, come to on Monday night. And Mark and I usually are both in the chat, answering questions, chatting with the regulars, etc. It's kind of like a place to interact with the audience that doesn't take us too much time, but also allows people to ask us directly questions, etc. And you don't have to be a pro member or something like this for that. You can just hang out uh, if you're here on time. Overall, the podcast is like I would say it's a, there's some growth. It's not a crazy growth, but there is some. How do you feel about the podcast? I am very happy we moved it to uh, every two weeks rather than rather than every every week. I think after 274 episodes, a lot of what we're saying, <laughs> a lot of what we're saying is is the same, right? Really? I mean, when you boil down, like, there's only so many way, times you can say, yeah, just build great, great content, content and, and buy make, links, no? make lots of links. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot more more to it than than that, but it's not like you know, so we can like come up something, with something every fundamentally week, yeah. like yeah. a new tactic every single week or something. It's, it's a bit much. So, uh, but I like this pace. I still really enjoy doing the podcasts, and we still plan to continue them at the same pace. Future, yeah, yeah, so. it's good. I would like to do more interviews. I think we didn't do enough interviews this year. We did more in 2020, and I think you know what? We need to build a process for interviews because like people are asking to be interviewed. <laughs> people like interviews and we don't do interviews because we don't have a process for it. So I think uh, it's something we need to talk about. And I think uh, interviews should come a bit more often to spice it up because I mean, we're really good at the podcast, I understand, but like not that good, you know? So it would be better to bring some other people. <laughs> Talking about YouTube, we did more YouTube, real YouTube videos I'm talking, not podcasts like this one, like, you know, 10 minutes, standard YouTube format this year, but not nearly as much as we had like. Like we, we tried a few times to like, you know, get regular, etc. And let's be honest, it's a bit of a failure. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, we, we failed to execute on all of the schedules we, we set by. We by tried two or three times, just, so yeah. It's a lot, I'd say it's a lot harder than that it looks to make a good YouTube video for, for one thing. I, I do think that if we got really got into it and and we're doing it regularly, we would find our rhythm quite quickly. I think that we have a pretty decent process where once we film the video, the editing, the uploading, like most of that is reasonably well taken care they're of. They're pretty say. good now as well. But I'm pretty happy now with the level of the videos we do, you know, like they're okay. But what we're uh, what we do before that, it's still 100% us, yeah. right? We have no help in the research, no help in the scripting, no help in the filming. It's, it's you or I sitting down just banging it out, right? Takes and time. Uh, that's, it takes time, but it also, it, you really need like a lot of just empty time that you, because yeah. you, you'll find your kind of creative surge halfway through the day, but 
if you've got meetings around it and, and stuff, it's just, it's not going to happen. So you really need a lot, lot of time for that. I think the way for us to output more YouTube content is to start thinking about everything that happens before filming. And that doesn't mean we just come up, we're, we just become actors. Like we still need to direct and, and, and kind of do a lot of the research and a lot of planning ourselves on how we, we create and script videos, but I think it's okay to have some help in, yeah. in various parts of that as well. I want to say a props to Matt Diggity, who is doing a really good job at this. Like he picked it up really much, like this year a lot, and he is doing a good job at keeping the pace. Uh, yeah, it's like for me, it's like I'm I'm getting into it. Then it's like I shoot a new blueprint for Toyo Hacker Pro, for example, or like something like this. That's like a big project that pretty much takes over my life at this point, you know, it's like, I'm just like thinking about this on the, I can't really get my head on like a completely different topic on a YouTube video. And it's like, I, I get on a streak for like three weeks making videos, etc., and then boom, I just, I, I'm just dead on YouTube, you know? So it's a, uh, it's a tricky one. Are we going to do better next year? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't want to promise at this point. We've tried like two or three times. There will be YouTube videos next year for sure, like proper. Is there going to be more YouTube videos next year? I can't tell. You know? I would I would say there is going to be more. I think, what, did we do four this year or something? No, I did more like, than that. I did probably I don't five, know. five or six, probably. <laughs> Maybe five then. Five but or six. I, I think we could probably do more than one every two months. I think we can. Uh, I would like to. I enjoy it as well, but it's something that you need a lot I of think space for. Lo- looking back historically, we had this similar issue with the, with the podcast. It was very inconsistent many, many years ago. And we just decided, all right, we're going to make it weekly. We set a schedule. We really put our minds to it. We tried to do that this year with with YouTube, and I think we we're maybe too aggressive. We're like, yeah, we'll get get one, one a week. week. <laughs> it was no just, way. <laughs> it was too. I, I think if if we can do one a month next year, yeah, I think that would be a that would be double what we're doing at the moment. So Fair that enough. would be a win. I think, yeah. Uh, I and think. then we can we can maybe grow it from there. But I'm expecting there to be more video content, both on YouTube and in our courses next year as well, as we sort of grow our team a bit more. Mm, around, the courses are good now. I'm, I'm fast at making the courses. Like I'm very happy with my ability to make blueprints, actually. Like my, I spend, like if I make a blueprint, a small blueprint of like seven to 12 videos, takes me about double the time of a single YouTube video <laughs> about, you know, like, because I can plan everything at once, etc. It's much faster. So I, it's also like a I am practice. Good. I mean, yeah. how, how many hundreds of blueprint videos have you made There's now? There's 600 um, videos sure on I, Vimeo, you know? I'm sure after you make 400 or what, however many um, YouTube videos, YouTube videos yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll feel the same about them, yeah. Yeah, but like, I would say creating blueprints now is the thing I feel the most comfortable with, I would say. Like, I quite enjoy it as well. No, it's, it's something I've gotten to enjoy now. It used to be stressful before, now it's enjoyable. But the funny thing is like, because we reduced the frequency of the podcast and we haven't done that many YouTube videos, we have posted like about 30% less videos on YouTube this year than we did in 2020. However, our overall YouTube views are up 30% this year and the watch hours are up 40% this year. So it shows it shows the compounding effect on YouTube, even if you're not that good at being that regular and doing a good job, etc. And now it's like, yeah, we have a decent amount of subscribers. We have a decent amount of views for every video we post, etc. So we're quite lucky with that. Hopefully we, you know, at least if we hold the same growth next year, I'll be happy. Like, it's not like we're like YouTubers where we're trying to be like the million subscribers, etc. But I think the presence is, is fair for the amount of effort we put on the platform. 
And uh, if it keeps going that way, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. If we do more YouTube videos, who knows? It's going to do better. These YouTube videos definitely help us reach new people quite a lot compared to the podcast, which is just for people who follow us, really. So overall, YouTube was like, I would say it. I can see, you know, if we put the same amount of effort into SEO, we'd probably get trashed by Google. We'd probably not get that much traffic. But because YouTube is significantly less competitive, even if you put a lot less effort into it, it still gives you back quite a lot. And it's like, it's like you can't expect to like not do a good job at posting content on your site on Google, etc. It's also, it's very video specific with, with YouTube. Like you make one good video, it's going to do really yeah, yeah. well. Whereas with, with SEO, you uh, make can, one good It can article. happen too. It can like, happen too. It's more like you need a consistent effort in your overall site authority to, to I win I mean, same with that. YouTube. If you want to be a big channel, you can't rely on one video as well. Like, And you can have one article that does really well on your site. Uh, it can happen. But you will not like you. You're more likely to get a small channel that has one video that gets a ton of views than a small website that gets one article that gets a ton of visits on on Google. So YouTube is like you can feel playing on both platforms. You can feel that the level of reward for the amount of effort put in is significantly higher. The only massive downside of YouTube compared to like Google traffic is that you don't control the call to actions the way you control on your site. So for us, like a visit on the site is significantly better than a YouTube view, for example. I am actually considering buying the ads on our own channel. So you, you know you can do that. It's like you can target specific channels and I'm considering just like uh, just quitting all the ads. And so it might be a pretty good Are there ads on our channel? No, there's not. But I could turn them on the day I turn now ads on, you know, and then I could make sure that ours show first. And if someone else targets them, you can black you can blacklist advertisers, actually. So it's like someone else tries to do that, you can kick them out. So something I might try next week or next week. No, next year. Don't get too excited. Let's talk about another a new format, something new that happened this year, and that's the newsletter. So we've always had an email list, but I would say... We were very average at emailing our subscribers outside of like some automations we made for like new subscribers, etc. We would like randomly email when there's like a new blog post that we thought most of the list would be enjoy. We didn't even email every blog post anymore because when we make like very keyword specific blog posts, to be honest, most of the list doesn't care that much. You know, like if we're reviewing, like I think we have like uh, some reviews of like affiliate networks, for example, on the site. So like reviewing share or sell, I'm not sure most of the list is very interested in that or something like this. So it's like we don't email everything. We kind of had to like decide what to do with the email list. And so I've started taking my Friday afternoons to Honestly, at the beginning, it was just like full freestyle, you know? It was just like, let's write something interesting and see what happens. Then I started putting memes in it, and then I started, um, and then kind of like my, my, my de facto lazy way to come in unprepared, obviously, to write this newsletter was to actually just Google some competitive keywords and looking at the shit that websites are doing and try to like break it down and really dig into the stuff they're doing and like be like, okay, this is how Google really works and let's do some like infield SEO pretty much. Like it's kind of like a school trip, you know, I take you to Google and we're just digging some worms out and I just show you how they look like in real life and we dissect them together, you know. So, and, and that format has done quite well. People like it a lot. We've got a lot of uh, positive feedback on that. Some popular topics we did was, for example, the last week, I mean, now it's going to be like two weeks ago or something, I did one on the line of the medic update. Like, 
where does the YMYL line of Google stop and how to determine it, etc. So like this is like a full, again, infield case study showing you some sites that have been trashed by Google and how to use their data to actually find, you know, what can still rank and what cannot rank, etc. There's one that I made a YouTube video on on full.com and their business model, like, you know, how they make money with their premium newsletter and all of that and how they write random clickbaity stuff that transforms people into buyers. I talked about authority nutrition merging into Healthline and starting their nutrition category, which is now 25% of the traffic of Healthline, which is the health site with the most traffic on the internet. I talked about how you can put affiliate links in FAQ snippets and a bunch of other stuff. So there is some cool topics. Overall, a lot of happy people. If you are not subscribed yet, you can go on notoriahacker.com slash subscribe. I intend to continue that. I enjoy it personally. I think it's a great, it's like, it's almost like I'm taking a break on Friday afternoon, just coming up with something random. Uh, and people like it's it. It's kind of like if you had a personal blog chatting about this stuff or like yes. what the Authority Hacker blog was back in the day. But you like know why I can't do it in the newsletter and I can't do it on the blog is because of search intent. Search intent. <laughs> and it's yeah. like Google's like, well, if I write about these topics in this way, I will get zero rewards. Nobody's ever going to see these blog posts. And it's like, and also it's usually shorter. Like I write like seven, eight hundred words only with a lot of screenshots. So it's kind of like easy to read. You read it like, uh, I like the idea of like you read it like a comic book, you know, like, um, and it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like very uh, image heavy and like you don't have to put too much brain in it, but you still pick up something useful and it's not too long and not too much reading. And I try to be funny. Sometimes I fail, sometimes I succeed, you know, and it, 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 yeah, this kind of content would get zero traction whatsoever on Google. And that's what Google has taken away from me <laughs> and that I can finally take back in the newsletter and I quite enjoy it. And then, yeah, it, if you liked the very original blog post I wrote on Atari Hacker, it's exactly that in even like trashier sometimes because I, I, I can. <laughs> so, but people like it overall. So I just want to say as well that if you were on our email list, you know, a long time ago, and maybe you got sick of hearing us trying to try to sell you all our, our products. So you, you came off it. We're actually going to be like rejigging some things to make it easier to subscribe and, you know, just get our Skip the launch if you want to. and those kinds of things. So yeah, I can do consider re resubscribing as well. If you want to see some of those things, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely uh, one of the things, but like what we're going to do with, with our launches is we'll give the opportunity for people to skip them. So we'll send you an email a day before be like, hey, you don't, we're about to sell this product again. You don't want to hear about this. Click on this link, click on the link and you don't get all the sales emails, but you still get the newsletters. So that's pretty much what's coming so that people get to enjoy the free content without having all the commercial stuff if they don't want it. But if you don't click on the link, you'll probably get some sales emails. That's the full disclaimer without bullshit of what the newsletter is. <laughs> HPro as well has had a bunch of updates this year, actually. I did a full two full new blueprints. One that we sold separately, the Core Web Vitals blueprint. So that had a lot of this generate press stuff we talked about, but not only. It's a lot of stuff on like, you know, caching and CDNs and how to set things up. So it's like as optimized as possible. And we had really good results. Like a lot of people have pretty much perfect core vitals following this blueprint. It's like, it's tricky. You know, it's like getting getting good core vitals and good page speed on your own site, like without showing anyone. It's pretty, it's, it can be a bit tricky, but it's not, it's not the end of the world. But building a system that people can follow and walks, you know, 99% of the time that will match the setup that most of the people who follow the courses, because I don't know what their site is, you know, 
Is it's it's a little tricky and there's a lot of considerations to take uh, into account when you put it together. I'm pretty happy with the result of that because like I think there was one problem with Ezoic at some point, but you can actually run it with Ezoic. We have some people who did it, but like at some point, Ezoic support was a little bit confusing in the way they were helping people with that. Other than that, like seriously, everyone's green on Core Web Vitals that has been following it. So really happy. I think it's helped a lot of people. And I've made a much bigger blueprint that is exclusive for now to Atari Hacker Pro. That is the on-page blueprint. So like literally all our on-page tricks that you get in there, like also how to update content, feature snippets tricks, schema tricks, uh, like uh, auditing your website, like a lot, a lot of stuff, like a lot of title text tricks as well. We have also custom codes, like custom short code we read for people so that like it puts dynamic gears in the content and stuff like that so they can get more long tail content. It is a really cool blueprint. I've been adding regularly to it. Uh, instead of building it as like in one go, I've been adding modules all year long. Uh, that's why it's a pretty big blueprint, but overall um, I'm pretty happy with where it's at now. And I feel most of the on-page stuff that will realistically give more traffic to people are covered in there. And I'm pretty happy with that. And you've done one thing as well, right? You've done something else on H4. Yeah, so we released a new type of blueprint. It's a, we call it the writer training blueprint. And this is not for you, but it's for your writers. So it's when someone starts working with you as a writer, you can give this to them on day one and it kind of gets them up to speed on things like search intent and the more SEO side of writing, which you might know, but as a writer, they might not be too familiar with. So the response has been relatively positive to that, actually. So it's something we might consider doing for link building as yeah. well next year. And I think we'll have a, a bigger link building blueprint come out next year as well um, for for some outreach stuff, just to to talk a little bit more about paid links I was as well, say, and yeah. some, some new outreach outreach tricks as well. Any chance you'll include PBNs in there as well, or not not, not yet? No, okay. no chance. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Okay, and uh, and I just finished actually a round of updates also on the authority side system, so that's coming. In the first week of January, as I said, there's going to be the Generate Press setup. So that was like quite a lot of work, actually. I had to rebuild an entire site for that part. And there's some other juicy parts that will help people rank their sites much, much faster. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's going to be cool. We'll tell you guys at the beginning of next year. I think the 2nd of January, I'm going to announce the update with everything that's included. So that is something that is coming really soon that was also shot this year and that is going to be updated to our courses. So sometimes, you know, I feel bad about like not doing the YouTube videos, but if you add up all the videos we've done for HPro and TAS, that's quite a lot there, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely more than one a month, you know? <laughs> like it's uh, just the on-page blueprint is like, you know, 60 videos or something like this, plus the plus the core vitals, plus everything. Yeah, it's a lot. So yeah, we are quite efficient on our paid side of things, but it means that on the free side of things, sometimes we don't do as much as we want, which is a bit annoying. Anything else we didn't mention that is coming up? Uh, for the courses or for the, for the rest of the stuff? Because we are also talking about, or at the moment, we're halfway through rebuilding the site, as we as we mentioned. Big redesign coming there, and then just some like smartening up tech fixes. So we were, we were going through old like 301 redirects oh and uh, pages on the site, which we built in like 2015, and we couldn't even remember why some of them were there. So we're just, just basically cleaning all that stuff. Up. I think the site's going to run a lot faster once we do the migration. But you know, with a site that's been running for six, seven years now, there's a lot of things been stacked on top of each other. So it's not so simple just to redesign something, do the migration. Like we really have to check a lot of things. 
especially around the sales funnel, email opt-ins, make sure all the internal links are, are still built. You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think that we should do a podcast on aging websites. Senior websites, I think sure. that would be uh, an interesting topic because there's a lot of challenges that come up that don't exist on new sites. Uh, or I think another one would be, so that is a good idea. I think another one which could work is around redesigning your, your site yeah. once you're once you're kind of on a bit. Just you know, make sure that, that we succeeded somehow. at that one first before we tell people what to yeah. do, you know? Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, we, we can talk about it. I'm probably both together can work. Okay, anything else we need to cover? Because I'm pretty much done on my end. No, I think that's everything. Just uh, thanks to everyone who's continued to follow us, support us, buy our products, and, you know, just, just kind of follow us in some, in some way this year. Really do appreciate you guys. Also, you guys who... Leave a comment, do all the YouTube algorithm stuff, hit, hit, hit the like button. You know, we, we, we love that stuff too. So, you know, keep keep doing that this year and next do you, year. Do you really love it or you just love the extra exposure you get? I don't, I, I don't. I'll be honest, Let's I be, don't be really honest. give a shit if you, if you, I don't <laughs> give a shit if you, if you like or dislike on, on YouTube. Personally, like, then I don't look at the number of likes, but I do know that in the the algorithm game that it, it really does make a big difference on the YouTube algorithm so and I care about that so okay I, I, you know we're, we're usually honest in the podcast and I didn't like the idea of like finishing on a dishonest note you know so I just wanted you to come come out and tell people the truth you know there you go anyway thank you for listening to the podcast thank you for coming in we hope you had a good 2021 we hope 2022 is going to be even better we're so excited to build sites it's going to be fun and there is going to be a podcast coming the 3rd of january uh, i believe so that is when you can find us so take a break enjoy the break sometimes it's nice and uh, we'll see you next year